Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Monday, everyone. Welcome into the Gramlick and Mac Lane podcast. And Mac, welcome in to football season. It is officially week zero here in the college football world and in the ACC world as North Carolina and Florida State will be playing football on Saturday. We have made it. You can take a deep exhale in your car, wherever you're watching this or listening, because we've made it, Eric McLean, finally. Come on, KG. Let's go. It's game week. I'm jacked up. I'm excited. We have football to talk about. It's a little bit of a um, a tease, if you will. We only get two teams, but man, I, I, I'm just so excited to talk about it. No more Saturdays without college football until like mid-January. So this is mm. perfect. Um, it's a big week. Obviously, we're, we're wrapping up. We're finishing our season previews here today. We've got the Clemson Tigers and Dabo Sweeney. Wednesday, we're going to have the Narduz. And the Pitt Panthers, super excited yep. for that conversation. And then Friday, guys, we're here. We're talking about the weekend. We're previewing the weekend. As I said, FSU, Carolina, they're playing in week zero. So a nice little uh, week zero to get us ready and, and prepped up before we start this sprint, KG, to January. Can't wait. I love doing our Friday episodes. It's one of my favorite things where we make picks. We're going to be focusing a little more on making picks against the spread this year, not just straight up. So that's going to be really fun. I can't wait for that. And of course, we've been talking about win totals this whole season preview. So if you want to go back and listen, if you want to know where we stand on UNC's win total, go listen to that episode. But without further ado, Eric McLean, we're talking Clemson. We are talking with the man, Dabo Sweeney. Let's see what he has to say. Let's talk with Dabo. Coach Dabo Sweeney, great to have you back on the podcast. Super excited to talk to you today. Listen, you've had vacations. You've had proposals in the family, the ladies' clinic. You've had a busy summer, my man. Yeah, it has been really busy. Uh, a lot of fun. You know, just really this has kind of been our our uh, first normal summer since right. 2019. You know, 20 uh, obviously was what it was, and then – Last year in 21, we, we were able to do camps again, but it was limited. We couldn't do a youth camp. And then the high school camps were very limited. Um, our ladies' clinic was restricted. There was a, there was a lot of things. That, so this summer, you know, to be able to – our coaches weren't out on the road in 21. Uh, I mean, in, uh, yeah, in 21, 20 or 21. So this is really the first time for our coaches to get out on the road, um, really – you know, having full access to Clemson all spring for recruiting, you know, through May, June, et cetera, full-blown camps, youth camp back uh, in full force, which was a lot of fun having the, the little ones back on campus. And then um, uh, the ladies' clinic that we just had, too, being able to really, you know, do it, uh, you know, the way we like to do it. So uh, it's been a busy summer, and yeah, Drew getting engaged. Uh, Come that, on. That was kind of a curveball. I knew that was coming at some point, but uh, man, it was uh, it, it it comes fast. You know, we moved Clay into Clemson, became empty nesters this summer. Mm. So uh, there's been a lot going on in our in our household for sure. But it's it's all good. And it's been a lot of fun. Good. 
Well, Coach, I had the pleasure of attending the ladies' clinic, and as we all know, what happens at the ladies' clinic stays at the ladies' <laughs> clinic. So, you know, I can't give too much away, but not, it was a great not, time. You hit that gritty. Not, definitely uh, <laughs> not. Oh, uh, yeah, with uh, certain things that have gone around on social media. But anyway, um, I want to ask you about this, though, because I was able to host the fashion show with Nick Eason, and I had seen him on Twitter, and I knew, okay, this guy's a big personality. And meeting him was just a blast. And then you see what he's doing in recruiting. I mean, has he lived up to what he what you thought he could be when you hired him? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, he's a Clemson man, you know. I mean, he, he loves Clemson. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy I almost hired the last time, but, you know, he was, he was kind of entrenched in the NFL at that time. And, and, uh, you know, this was, this was just the right time. And, uh, there was really only, I had a very short list of like three people. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, he was, he was first call I made and, and I knew he'd be a great fit. And obviously him being in college and getting a little bit, he hadn't been in college long, but he had a little bit of college experience and, and being down there at Auburn, uh, but he was, he's, his, I, I really wanted a guy that had a lot of NFL experience simply because of the type of roster that we have. Uh, and I thought that was going to be important, you know, for that group because we have a high level group of, of veteran guys. Uh, and uh, so, and some really, really talented young guys that I think will all have a chance to play at the next level one day. So his experience as a player, his, his you know, long-term experience as a coach was what we needed. But then, but then just on top of all of that, um, the fact that, you know, this guy has lived and breathed everything here at Clemson uh, before I got here, uh, and, but he's always stayed connected to the program. And I've gotten to know him over the years, and big personality. Uh, he's great with people, and uh, he's very genuine and authentic. All he's got to do is be Nick Eason. That's right. And he's going to be successful. So uh, in whatever he does. And so, yeah, he's been he's been awesome. He's done a great job uh, with recruiting his position in his area. And and uh, and then just really, uh, you know, bringing a lot to our, our staff uh, defensively as well. I love that, Coach. So let's jump into your team a little bit here and just really I want to start with the mindset of your team. I mean, is it a little bit different coming off of you know such a bad season last year? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm joking. Isn't that fascinating, though? Seriously, yeah. That, yeah. that what you have built, yeah. and you can win 10 games for the 11th straight year, and the sky's falling. I mean, it is actually nuts what everybody else was kind of saying and talking about the Tigers and that it's never going to happen again. It's dead. All the, I mean, it's baffling, but it's kind of a compliment to you in what you built. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I um, you know me. I don't, I don't buy into that narrative. I, listen, I've had championship. I've had championship teams. Teams that won championships that weren't as committed, weren't as dedicated, didn't have the passion, the leadership, the chemistry as that team of last year. That team last year was special. Uh, be quite honest with you, we probably didn't have any business winning 10 games. Uh, but but they did. And there's not been many teams that we've had in a long time around here that have had their back up against the wall like that group. You know, at four and three, and you got to play a hot Florida State team. You got to go to Louisville. You got to play probably the Atlantic Division champ in Wake Forest. You got to play a hot South Carolina team coming off a big win against Auburn and Florida and night game at their place. You know, you got to go beat a tough Iowa State team. Uh, and you go from four and three to really the least personnel that we had all year, and we played our best football somehow, some way. 
And that's that. What that is is a credit uh, to the foundation of this program. It's a credit to guys like yourself, to all the players who've come in here that have helped us build a foundation of of effort and toughness and discipline and attitude and belief and self and team and and uh, you know that's what won the day for us. I mean, uh, I measure every team, you know, not on championships. I mean, if if not winning a seventh ACC title in a row means we had a bad season, then I guess we had a bad season. <laughs> if not going to seven playoffs in a row means we were terrible, then I guess we were terrible. Um, but I've never measured anything by that. I, my, I measure our teams based on how they're committed to the standard that we talk about. You know, being their best. You know, you're not going to win a championship every year. I mean, and, you know, people forget, you know, back when we won our, our first one in 11 – uh, we hadn't won one in 20 years here. Right. We hadn't won 10 games in 20 years. If it was so easy, how come it was 20 years since it happened? <laughs> right. And, and now we've won seven titles and we've won, had 11, 10 win seasons. So, you know, last year we lost to the national champion, Georgia, and, and, and they didn't score on us, you know, in a, really a two-play game. Uh, we lose in double overtime to a really good NC State team at their place on the last play. We lose to a great Pitt team who won the league. You know, we battled. We were in position. That team last year, um, I think, really showed what Clemson is all about. And at four and three, we had more of an opportunity to probably because everybody was watching and everybody. There's a lot of people out there that pull against us and they want to see this big collapse, <laughs> you know, and you go four and eight or something. Uh, but that ain't happening. You know, we got we have we got a great group of people, great staff. A uh, really talented team, and last year was a was a challenge, man. I mean, it, we haven't had adversity like that around here in a long time. We've had disappointment, as you've heard me say, you know. But losing a playoff game is disappointment. Losing a national championship game is disappointment. You know, Alabama's been in their last five national championship games; they're two and three. You know, uh, you know, it's those are hard games. Uh, but we had some adversity last year. We had some real challenges, and and it was. It was uh, it, the best part about it was to me, you know, there was a complete reset uh, on the appreciation of winning and how hard it is to win and what it takes to win. And as I tell our guys all the time, I can't change what it takes. I mean, it takes what it takes. I can't change that. And I think even for our fan base, you know, um, you know, not losing respect for winning. No, we, we, we don't don't lose respect for the blessing. Um, you know, I mean, it, we, we are we've been incredibly blessed around here and we've won a lot and a lot, lot of games. And, uh, you know, I think last year was a good reset on how small the margin for error is and just how quickly. But it was also to me a reset on the foundational structure that this program has been built on. And it was awesome to see we go from four and three. So now we have the winningest, the longest winning streak in the country going into 2022 with six in a row. That, crazy. That, I mean, it's crazy. That right, there, that right there tells you how hard it is to win in college football. And, and we've won six in a row. So, you know, 10 and three, uh, it was a great year for that team. And, and I'm really, really proud of them. Uh, you know, so, yeah, we want to win championships. And, and if we continue to be committed to the standard and, and be about the things that we talk about, stand on the foundation that we have, we'll win more championships. 
But the championships are a byproduct of all those things, the purpose of the program, how we do things, how we buy into those things. Um, so, you know, it's, it was a fun year, and I think, um, I think it'll serve this group well. Coach, you bring up the adversity. We, we know the injuries really piled up last year. There's no, everyone knows about that, especially at the wide receiver position. And, of course, DJ. DJ was dealing with injuries throughout the year. So what has this offseason been like for DJ, and what specifically have you guys been working with him on? Yeah, he's, he's had a great offseason, and it, and it was. And it wasn't just injuries. It was specific to offense. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's amazing to me uh, – some of these narratives and rhetoric that people can have. Uh, and it's just, you know, I mean, they just have no understanding of personnel uh, and, and how hard it is. You know, you don't just roll a ball out there. Uh, DJ has to play better. I mean, th- there's no question about that. And he lost his confidence. But more importantly, we got to be better around him. We, we and, and, and it's not that we weren't trying, uh, but we had so many – challenges in the offensive line and at receiver everywhere. I mean, you got – you're starting – at the end of the year, you're starting two, tr- two true freshmen wide. If you'd have told me we're going to the end of the year, we're going to start Bo Collins and Jakari Collins, <laughs> I'd have said something went wrong somewhere right. and starting freshman running backs. And, you know, we've got all kind of uh, – we've got like six linemen. Everybody's hurt, three different centers. And next thing you know, your quarterback, you know, he doesn't have any continuity around him. And, uh, and then and – then, you know, for him in that first in that first time being in that position and and having to grow through the struggle and the criticism, all that's part of it. Uh, next thing you know, you're pressing and you're trying to do too much, and and and, and it just it's not a good result. Uh, but you know what I love about last year was watching DJ go through it, and he played his best football down the stretch when we had the least available for him. Uh, that kid never pointed fingers. He never made excuses. He never blamed anybody. All he did was lead. All he did was show up every single day. And man, I, I am I am a big DJ fan. Man, this kid is he is he's humble. Uh, he's a servant leader. He's incredibly smart. He's incredibly committed. You know, our best players on this team are our best leaders. And our most committed guys. And when you have that, you got a chance to have something special. Uh, but DJ, man, he went back to work. First of all, just as a team trying to get healthy. Uh, we, we, it, it's, it's been crazy. I've never had a year like that. And hopefully never again. But uh, getting DJ healthy and getting his finger healed up, uh, getting his knee healthy, uh, getting, his, getting, his, getting him mentally healthy where he needs to be from a, from a mindset standpoint, and then just going back to the basics of what made him – it's not like he forgot how to play football. Uh, I mean, this guy's – I mean, you better put your money on DJ who, you. That's all I'm <laughs> That's right. So, and, and, I, and everybody needs to just pick sides right now. Just go one way or another and then own it. All right? Don't, don't, don't change your mind. Own it. Uh, I like that. Come on. This kid, this kid, this kid is going to be a great player, a football player for a long time. Uh, but, but, man, he went to work on his body – you know, as he's maturing, and I mean, he's probably, and he wasn't, it's not like he was fat. He's never been a fat kid. I mean, he just kind of changed the composition. I mean, it really uh, leaned up. Uh, he's never going to be a little guy. He's a big man, but I mean, he's probably lost 25 to 30 pounds, uh, completely restructured his body. He's gotten his, his knee fortified and really healthy. He's running, uh, you know, just incredibly well. He's gotten stronger. 
he's he's really worked on you know just everything uh, that comes with the quarterback position. But you know he gets it. He had a great spring for us, um, and uh, the biggest thing is just being the leader of the team, not just of the offense. And he has really uh, grown in that area. I love that coach and just to hear his process, taking care of your body, the mental part, uh, you know, the physical, the fundamentals, hoping, hope, hoping to see a new DJ and to see that 2020 type guy that we, that we did see shades of. You, you mentioned the injuries, you mentioned the, the not being available, but one guy when he was there, man, he emerged as a superstar and probably one of your best leaders right away. And that's Will Shipley. I mean, how special is that dude? And, and just why? I mean, why was he so different from such a young age. Yeah, he's just, uh, you know, he's been that. That's just who he is, first of all. I mean, wish I could say it was something that we did, but that's who he is. You know, he's been, uh, he's been, uh, you know, doing that since Little Leagues, you know. I mean, he's been that guy. And he's an incredible leader. He's incredibly committed. Uh, he's, he's passionate about the game. He's passionate about the process of what it takes to be great from – Every aspect from strength, conditioning, nutrition, sleep, flexibility, you name it, explosiveness. And he just he leads. I mean, from the time he got here as a freshman, he's been a leader. You know, he's he's one of those rare people that shows up and right out right out of the gate. He, he's a leader. And, uh, you know, he, he's he doesn't sit around and wait on anybody to tell him what to do. You know, and then when you tell him what to do, that's a good suggestion for Will Shipley. He's always going to be above and beyond what you ask him to do. And when that's who you are, naturally, everybody notices that. And so he, he separated himself from that standpoint, his maturity right out of the gate. And then as he got comfortable standpoint, his maturity right out of the gate. And then as he got comfortable with the system and all those things, and, and then, you know, he battled through injuries. Uh, so we ended up losing him for some, from some games. But he's a dynamic player. And, uh, you know, you saw that really. I mean, we – we have a special group of backs. Uh, you know, Kobe Pace is a great football player. And the it's thing is, loaded, they're, all, they're all different. Right. You know, Kobe is, is – all three of them are going to be NFL players. There's no question about that. I mean, these are three really good players. But Kobe and, and, and Shipley and then Moffa's 230 pounds and runs a 4-4. Uh, and who we really were trying to hold last year – and, you know, we end up having to play him. So he got some good experience and now he's confident. He got all the work this spring because we were able to, we had to hold Shipley and Kobe to get them healed up through surgeries. And, and so now you got, you know, three, a three headed monster back there and all of them are very confident. They're all dynamic and they all can bring a lot of things to the table and do everything we need them to do. Uh, but certainly will he, he's that, he's that fire. You know, he, he's, he is that fire for sure. Coach, we know you've got a busy day ahead going to Charlotte um, next couple of days. So let's finish off here and talk a little defense. You know, Mac and I love offense. We've got to hit some defense here. This defense, especially the front, it, it's really unparalleled. I mean, even with what y'all have had in previous years, the experience on this front, the NFL talent, how good can this defense be, Coach? As good as they want to be. Uh, you know, it really can. I mean, this this group has the, the this group has the star power, if you will, of our 16 and 18 team. Um, but they've got the depth of 14, 
you know, which I think is the best defense we've probably had here is, is 14 from a totality standpoint, depth-wise. You know, our 18 team, everybody remembers the, the superstars, uh, you know, with, with Dexter and Christian and, and Austin um, and Clee uh, and, and Albert was right there with them too. But we were really – there was a big drop-off behind them from a you know, an experience standpoint you know, just inexperienced youth and all that. Uh, whereas this group, you know, they're just they're, – they're built like that 14 group, you know, when we were rotating Vic Beasley and Shaq Lawson and Dodd and Crawford and Barnes and, you know, DJ and Carlos. Monsters. And, and Brady Jarrett and Deshaun Williams. And all those guys are still in the NFL. Right. I mean, and Mac was trying to block them in practice. And I was trying to block all of them. <laughs> you know, so we, had, we just had more depth. And, I mean, we used to – Mac, you remember, I mean – the only guy that really – I mean, all those D tackles. I mean, you're talking to Sean Williams. He's still with the Broncos. Grady Jarrett, you know where he is. Carlos Watkins, he's still going. DJ Reader, he's still going. And then we had Josh Watson in there. And you had all these guys. And, and I mean, I never knew who was going to start until they <laughs> ran out there. But the only guy I knew was going to start was Grady Jarrett because that was who – Grady just separated himself. You know, that's just how he is. And, and he's kind of done the same thing at the NFL level, right? You know, guys usually don't change who they are. Uh, but Dan Brooks, I mean, he'd grade them through Tiger Walk, uh, you know, because we had all these guys, you know, all five of them really honestly deserved to run out there first. But I never – and didn't really care. And, man, Dan would just roll them guys. I mean, here comes Deshaun, here's Carlos, here's Reader, here's Grady, here's John. And they just wore people out. And we had room for error. You know, uh, with that group, you know, our 18 team, we got lucky. We, we didn't have much room for error, but we stayed healthy all year. Same thing at quarterback. You know, I mean, we've never had a quarterback room like we have right now. I, this is the best quarterback room I've ever had as a Clemson football coach. I've never had a room like this. Right. Uh, and, and our 18 team, it was Trevor Chase and Hunter Renfro and Will Spires <laughs> from game four on. But we stayed healthy. Right. You know, we got we caught some breaks. You got to have a little luck along the way. This quarterback room, man, I mean, you're sitting there with, with DJ and Cade and Hunter Johnson, a six-year vet, and Billy Wiles and Hunter Helms and, man, a little Trent Pierman rolling in here. We got we got guys that can play the game. But, but defensively, man, it's going to all start for us up front. And then those four DNs, you know, KJ and, and Maskell and Thomas and Murphy – uh, man, you can play those guys in any situation, however you want to play them. And Kevin right. Swint, and Kevin Swint is not far off. Mm-hmm. He's kind of right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we're going to lose a lot of guys next year to the draft, but you best believe we're going to enjoy having them here for the next <laughs> seven months. That's all we got them. No question, Coach. Well, hey, we appreciate your time. We know you're busy. You got to get out of here. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck this season. Hopefully not another bad one. All right. All right. Hey, y'all keep it rolling. Sounds like y'all are on y'all's way to rock star status from the podcast world. As always, we appreciate when Davo Sweeney joins the pod. And I loved at the end, Mac, where he said, or at least at the beginning, we were talking with him. I think it was before he went on air. And he was like, oh, you guys have a podcast. And we were like, 
Coach, you've been on the podcast before. Say, hey, Coach, (laughs) CT is not an excuse, man. You're a wide receiver. Like, you're not getting hit. Come on. Just just think about it. I mean, look, he's a busy man. He's a busy man. But we've never had a coach that actually came on the podcast before say, wow, you guys have a podcast. (laughs) How long have y'all been doing this? Oh, you know. How long have y'all been doing (laughs) this? Whatever. We love it. Okay, Mac, you're wearing your paw today. This is the one episode where you can wear your tiger paw and no one's going to say boo. That You are an alum. You are one of the winningest players ever in Clemson history. So let's talk Clemson and let's dive into maybe our expectations here, Mac. As everyone and their mother knows, Clemson finished 10-3 and last year, 6-2 and in the ACC, won the Cheez-It Bowl, and we got to meet Prince Chedward, which was a blessing and gift to us all, won the Cheez-It Bowl, beat Iowa State. But the real story here was they did not win the ACC for the first time since 2015, and that's a long stretch. We know Clemson had a ton of injuries, um, even players that played through injury. DJU was injured uh, really throughout a lot of the season. Will Shipley was out, all these injuries, and, of course, wide receiver issues, and Brian Brzee. I mean, the list goes on and on. So expectations going into this year, Mac. Winning the ACC, I think, is right at the top. They were picked by the media. Do you have playoff expectations for this team just going into the season? Yeah. um, Here's the deal. Clemson, since that 2015 year, um, they've set that standard. That's the expectation is championship. And and maybe not winning it, um, but getting there. That's the expectation, to play in – the national championship to be in the college football playoff. That, that is the norm. You know, they, they did it six straight times. That that's what is expected by fans, by the staff, by these players. Um, and that's a good and bad thing. Obviously there's disappointment right. when you, you know, do not reach that and, and the sky is falling and all this stuff happens. But the reality is, you know, you won double digit games for the 11th straight time. I mean, it's un- an unbelievable accomplishment to, to be able to, mm-hmm. You know, have that third sustain. best streak ever. Right, right. Third best streak ever. <laughs> right. Only Florida State and Alabama. So it, it, it's nuts. Two ACC teams, huh? That's crazy. Um, so it's it's nuts to just look at that and and to see what you have created for yourself. But that's a good thing. It's good to be in rare air. It's good to have expectation. I mean, imagine if you're a team walking into a season and man, can we win an ACC game? Man, can, can we get mm-hmm. five? Can we go bowling? I mean, just think of the problems that that other you know, schools and fans and, and folks you know, deal with and, and you look at your problems and, and you're you're feeling okay. So yes, right. uh, I do have that expectation. And again, just coming off fresh, you know, from being down with Clemson and, and being able to see them in person. I know we're gonna dive into all this and KG, you, you were able to watch practice too the week before. These guys are gonna be good. I mean the, the defense specifically is going to be unbelievable. Uh I, I had an expectation kind of in my head of what I thought it would look like. And they they surpassed it. And I know some people are going to say, "Well, this guy's a homer, this and that." I know what I'm looking at. Okay, you know, I've seen all of it. I've been to almost every school, and uh, you know, I know what's there, and I know the body types and, and the speed and the size. These guys are going to be the best defense in the country. You know, it, it's just it's going to set up that way. And Wes Goodwin, I know some people are worried about that. And Coach Venables going to Oklahoma. This guy's got it. The things that I saw at practice, kind of knowing what you're looking at, the fronts, the the schemes, the blitzes, he's a mad scientist too. I mean, he, he's doing some stuff that I never saw Coach Venables do, which is crazy to think about. So he's going to put this defense in, in really good situations to win just from a start. And then when you add in you know that talent and that depth, 
they're going to take it another level and, and truly be this dominant force. So we'll dive into the defense I know specifically here in a second and, and just offensively kind of my quick overview. Um, it's still going to come down to quarterback play. You know, can DJ, mm-hmm. you know, be better than what he was a year ago? If K gets the opportunity, what does he do with that? I have seen and read and heard the word competition a lot more than I thought I would, um, you know, in articles and coaches saying that, you know, in, in the media. Um, so that's a little interesting tidbit. And, and what does that you know truly mean? Do we see a, a change sooner than maybe we expected if we expected one at all? Um, offensive line looks much improved. We'll dive into those guys in a second. Wide receivers, some guys I think need to step up. You need to have a true kind of go-to guy. And then running backs just, I mean – that's the, that's probably the strongest unit Loaded. of the, the offense there. So it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, KG. Okay, let's talk offense here. And, you know, it's funny because people say you want to go against the Homer thing, but uh, I have had Mac send me <laughs> bullet points after practice last year and after practice this okay. year. And the dude can be very honest, and I'm not going to share all of those, <laughs> but I want to get into one of those things specifically, which is your position in just a second. But when it comes to quarterback, here's my main concern, because that's what everyone's talking about, Mac. DJ Uyunglele, Cade Klubnik, and I think the word competition, to your point, has been used a lot. And it is a competition. Now, DJ is going to start against Georgia Tech. I, barring anything crazy, that's going to happen. Here's my concern with the QB situation, Mac. I don't feel like this is different from the twenty-six or 2018 season a little bit. The quarterback position itself I don't think is really going to be challenged or, for lack of a better term, needed (laughs) until maybe the NC State game because of the Sam Hartman injury. And maybe Wake, because Wake's still going to be able to score. But those first three games, how much can we actually learn? I think it's going to be a lot of screen passes. I think it's going to be a lot of hand the ball off to these running backs. So it might delay what could happen in a changing of the guard. Who knows? I just don't know how much we can learn about these quarterbacks against Georgia Tech, Furman, and Louisiana Tech. Well, do you agree or disagree? Here's the deal: is you you have to learn. You you have to push them. But how much how much of the playbook is going to be open? Well, with when I don't know my guy, I have to see who can handle it. You know, and, and depending on how much of a true situation it is, like again, they're being super tight lipped about it, but they are like saying mm-hmm. things like the, again the word competition. I hadn't heard that all summer, and then all of a sudden, I feel like I start reading it in every interview. Um, sure. if it's a true competition, like DJ's going in for two series, Cade's going in for two series, it's all a test. You, you have to see right. who can throw the ball downfield, who can avoid the blitz, who can process a long developing play. It, it can't just be, we've got Taj Boyd, we have Deshaun Watson, we have Trevor Lawrence inside zone left, inside zone right, throw a fade, score a touch. Like you have to see what they can do. You You have to see what they can process. We know that, and I hear you, I hear you. I mean, every every snap will be scrutinized. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. Of course sure. that is. But I'm not sure that any quarterback can lose his job against Georgia Tech, Furman, and Louisiana. Well, I'm just saying. That's my point. Well, I think you can. I mean, if you go in there and you can't hit a deep route, if you go in there, either one of them. I'm not saying just DJ. But will, with with the, the level that DJ is supposedly ahead, like the guy, I just don't know because some people were saying, we, oh, you might see a quarterback change before Well, NC let me State. tell you this, too. I'm very the, doubtful. If, if the team – and, again, I, keep, I don't want this to be negative towards DJ. If the team sees a quarterback go in and is very efficient with the ball, can hit every pass, and scores touchdowns, either one that it is, 
the team will pick a quarterback, and you're going to mm. hear from your guys who the guy is. And, and so it's so different than anything Clemson's been in this situation before because because it is just trying to figure out who can who can be the guy, who can take a big step forward. And so that's why I really do think that you're not just going to see this vanilla game plan that you have before from Clemson in the okay. early season because you don't know who can be your true guy. Like you, you have to find out because if you're figuring that out against NC State or against Wake Forest, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You can't. You can't develop that against an NC State. Let's revisit this. <laughs> October. Let's revisit 1. <laughs> this. Yeah, maybe after Louisiana yeah. Tech because I just don't really see a challenge where a quarterback might get benched in one of these games. But I, I could be wrong. We will see. But, okay, speaking of um, Mac being, at times, brutally honest, let's talk O-line. Because I remember, and you probably don't want me to say no, this, No, you could say whatever. it. You could say Last it. year, true. <laughs> after you went to a practice or a scrimmage or whatever, you texted me and you said, this O-line is going yeah. to struggle. This year, you texted me and you said, this O-line looks really yeah. good. Yeah, I'm excited. Elaborate on that. I'm just excited about the growth. And, and, you know, to see guys, you know, they move some guys around. They're putting folks in different positions. They're feeling really good about the first five they run out there. And they just look like a totally different unit. I mean, a year ago, remember, it's still against this defensive line. And and last year, they just couldn't handle it. It was every other play. Mm -hmm. DJ's getting hit. uh, They can't run the ball, can't do anything. And it's just like, man, this – this is going to be tough. And that's what I texted you. This is not going to be good, especially looking at Georgia, you know, week one. And we saw the outcome of that. That's a big difference. And and then this year I see them going against those same guys. And again, some folks moved around a couple new faces and and they're, they're winning reps. It's, it's much more 50, 50. And, and, you know, just seeing them being able to do the things necessary to, to play offense, to give your quarterback time to run the football effectively and so I, I think that there was, you know, kind of that switch that flipped during the year where we saw Clemson kind of figure out their identity. Okay, we have to run the ball. We've got to lean on our bigs up front and, and who can be up there in the in the first five to do so. And so with that, it, it's much more promising. Uh, the, the body types that, you know, Clemson is getting farther and farther away from, you know, the, the stocky, more athletic type guys and just getting dogs. I mean, you, you look at the recruits that, you know, they have committed for next year. I mean, it's some big, big dudes. And and so Clemson is, you know, with uh with coach kind of coming in and, and doing different things, Thomas Austin, the the kind of mindset that he has is changing of of what it's gonna look like, what we're gonna do, and just putting guys in, in the certain situation to win. So I'm excited about that unit. Um again, was brutally honest about them a year ago, telling you what I see and what I think this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, live bullets are, are when you can really tell and when it's a game situation, but that, that should be back to a strength of Clemson football this year. And I know that makes Mac. It does. Makes me a little happy. No makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. And it should. Okay, running backs and wide receivers. This These two groups, I think, are so interesting mm-hmm. this year for Clemson. You have a loaded running back room. Will, Ship, Will Shipley, Phil Moffa, Kobe Pace, three proven guys. And I know Shipley had some injuries last year, but three healthy guys. And then you've got this wide receiver room. With talent everywhere, but injuries are still piling up. So I do think, and that's part of my theory with the whole quarterbacks early on, I think you are going to run the heck out of the ball early because you can with these opponents. But also, if you're looking at two groups, which one do I believe in? Which one can I trust? 
I can trust these yeah. running backs. No, no, no question about that. I mean, you look at that room and it is stacked. I mean, three guys that number one love to play with each other. And I spoke with Shipley when we did the little yeah. uh, summer tour there and, and just asked him, you know, in a world that tells you to worry about yourself, how do you guys have such a loving, caring relationship? That's a great question. Yeah, thank you. And um, his answer was just so cool. And, and to see all those guys in practice stand right beside him as they're going through stuff and to hear them coaching each other as they come off the field and asking them, what'd you see? Why'd you take that lane? This and that. It's a very unique thing that, that I just haven't you know, quite experienced in my career, number one, for those guys to be that close uh, you know, in a margin of separation of talent, but also as as a friend group, you know, fighting for playing time. And then I sat down with with old CJ Spiller, Coach Spiller, and said, "What the heck are you going to do? How are you going to you know keep these guys happy?" He said, "I have the easiest job in America. Number one, they all love each other. Number two, they're all really good. One gets tired, I put another one in. I mean, it, it's super simple. Wow. And so, you know, it's going to be great to see how does Clemson use those guys. When I think back to you know, Coach Satterfield in the App State days and even really what he's done at Louisville. And, you know, he always wants three backs. You know, Clemson, yeah, Stable. Clemson's kind of had a, a marquee guy and then have a couple of really nice backups. But these, this is much more like what he wants to do. And he just rotates. I mean, it could be one week Kobe just has a better week and he he's the guy. He's the starter yeah. and nobody cares. It's just we're all going to get our reps. We're all going to do our thing. And, yeah, really lean on those guys. I don't think there's any question that if I'm Clemson this particular year, given the certain situation, I'm – maybe doing a couple running back sets every other play or so, and, and I'm getting multiple tight ends on the field, and I'm going to be much more of a power team you know, than, than Clemson has in the past. So it'll be interesting to see you know, how do they utilize the, the, the running backs, the tight ends in the passing game a lot more, but also just relying on the run. I mean, control the clock. you got an unbelievable defense. I mean, it breaks people's will when you run the ball like that on them, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that really can put stress on folks. When you were at practice and seeing different things going on, did you see a little bit of an emphasis on using the running backs in the passing game, especially with some of the injuries? Or no? uh, You know, not more than normal. And again, I, I think that that scrimmage that we did see was a little bit vanilla. Um, and yeah. I think they were just trying to keep guys. A lot of the superstars did not play a ton. You know, like half the defense was was out after the first couple of series. You know, some of these starting well, and you had XT legit get yeah, hurt in the first right. scrimmage, so that can yeah, so, scare so they're taking a care bit. of their guys. So I, I think defensively, we probably saw a little bit more than than we did offensively in regards to what they're truly going to be. And some of it was just situational too. Like it was, you know, blow the whistle. We're going to run a play from here. Keep going, whatever. So I don't think it was yeah. a true snapshot of what this offense is going and and will look like. Okay, Mac. It's time. Let's talk defense. <laughs> this defense, I think I said this about NC State's defense. NC State's defense is going to be spicy. Clemson's defense is going to be like the <laughs> hottest hot sauce you have ever imagined. Um, and I think it, it is going to be, at least right now, I, I have to see games, but I think it is going to be the best in the country. When you pair this kind of front with this kind of talent and depth with a linebacker room that's young, but – and I heard you say this on the ACC road trip show, um, but could be an upgrade as much as Clemson loved what Skalski and Spectre and all these guys brought. These guys are freaky, Trenton Simpson and, and the crew. And then you're bringing back a guy like Makuba, right. who's your ACC rookie of the yeah. year to kind of anchor you in the back. And, and, you know, you are replacing Goodrich and Booth. I think that's the big question. But, Mac, is this defense going to be the best in the country? I think so. And really it starts up front with, you know, just who they have. And, and when you look at, dominating teams when you look at 
you know, re- recent history, and, and I think of Georgia a year ago, I think of Clemson in 18, you think of, you know, the Alabamas uh, that, that they've had, Clemson in, in uh, you know, 16 and 14. Um, it all starts with your D-line. How, how good yeah, can does. those guys be? And this, you know, it's so funny for Clemson fans that are listening that remember, this is a perfect blend of 2014, which had unbelievable depth, still has like five guys who played on that line in the NFL right now, and 2018 uh, that had three first-round draft picks at defensive line. Combine those two, yeah. Combine those two together, and you get the Avengers. You get what we're looking at right here in in this Clemson defensive line: Miles Murphy, Tyler Davis, Brian Brzee, KJ Henry, and then all these guys behind them: Trey Williams. Uh, you, you've got Maskell, you've got Ruka Rororo, Trey Williams. It, it's nuts Peyton to see Page. the D- Peyton Page, a young guy that I haven't it's even me- mentioned. Um, it, it's crazy to see how many guys they can rotate. Now, again, that first four, they're they're the superstars, but the young guys right behind them more than capable of of delivering and and being, you know, big-time players in big-time moments. I think that Clemson's going to have five defensive linemen drafted in this NFL draft. I really do. I think it's that good. It's that impressive. Um, And they're going to wreak havoc. I mean, they're old. They're experienced. The biggest thing, similar to NC State, is you just have to stay healthy, which obviously one guy already down in XT, Xavier Thomas, who, you know, it sounds like he's going to be back and, and will be, you know, there by hopefully mid-September. You don't want to see anybody injured. Uh, same thing with Sam Hartman. I mean, I, I hope he's available game one, but I know that's, you know, not, not you know, probably going to happen. So anytime superstars get go down for any team, we, we don't want to see that. But when I keep looking at this team, KG, the, the one point of, emphasis that I really had studying wise was the linebacking core that I was just like, man, how, how do you replace those guys? They've been here yeah. so long. How do you get better? Yeah, they're they're so good. They're they're you know making 10 plus tackles in the NFL in their first preseason game inspector. You know, how do you possibly it's gonna be down from that. And it, it's it's not. It absolutely isn't. And this is the part where I talk about I thought they were going to be good, but this is what the linebacking core blew me away because Trenton Simpson's moving to the inside. He's going to be a freak. He's closer to the ball. He, they're moving him around, putting him on guards. I mean, I would hate to have had to block an athletic guy like that uh, in my time. Um, I call him Weapon X. Uh, then Weapon Z, Barrett Carter. Coach Sweeney has said numerous times he's the best football player he's ever seen. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can play corner. He can play running back. He can return kicks. Like He's just a freak. I mean, he's 6'2". 225 pounds like he's the perfect you know football player and they put him at linebacker and so you know he he's exceptional just a really smart guy and then the third starter is is going to be Jeremiah Trotter and if you remember that name one of the best players in the NFL ever his father and so you know when, when you see these guys line up and the way they move I'm not saying it's NC Stakes I think they are the best in the country but next year these guys will be the best in the country and so you know they're right there. They're nipping on the heels, and and they're gonna be they're gonna be ready to go. And um, that front seven is gonna be scary. It's gonna be really scary. Yeah, it is for sure. And I think you know just hitting on the secondary here. We talked about Makuba. We saw Mario Goodrich at the Senior Bowl. Yep. We you know Andrew Booth was a very high draft pick. It seems that there isn't much concern replacing those guys overall. Nate Wiggins. People are very excited about Nate Nate Wiggins. Um, Sheridan Jones. The Toriano Pride. Yeah. I, are you concerned at all replacing those two dudes? How crazy is it that I can sit here and say that 
I'm not at all. And then I think yeah, it's it's wild. Nate Wiggins is going to be a first round draft pick when his time comes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is six foot two and a half, 190 pounds. He's a freak. He he's he's probably a little bigger AJ Terrell. I mean, and you saw what what he was able to do and the things that he was able to do. And then I see, you know, a freshman in Lucas. I see Toronto Pride. I mean, these guys, they're just ready. They're just different. And, and Clemson is Clemson's going to be just fine in the secondary. It might be a little bit of a secret right now. And obviously you and I went to practice and we know, but th- those guys are different and they're ready to roll. Special teams. Let's chat about this for a second before we talk schedule and win total. BT Potter is back. I think you had him ranked as your number one kicker in the league. That's right. He is solid. Um, every kickoff's going to be a touchback. Like, you're good there. Punter. <laughs> BT Potter. I'm a little concerned, Mac. <laughs> Have you ever been in practice as an offensive lineman and a punter hits you in the back of the head with a punt? No, um, I haven't. So maybe a field goal. That allegedly happened. Maybe a field goal. You know, there's some friendly fire that can happen on that. But punt, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this with Pittsburgh here we'll Wednesday too. But they're they're having a punter problem as well. I don't know what at the and top. I don't know what's up with the punters. What's crazy about punting is, and we've seen it, you know, Clemson fans know very well how a punter can be oh, yeah. a weapon. Oh, yeah. Alabama in that 2015 title game was there, I forget their punter's name, but he was just punting the ball like crazy. And it can be a real rep- weapon flipping the field. So we'll see what happens there. I think, honestly, if you're looking at Clemson and you say, what's your biggest concern? It might be punter. <laughs> Let's talk schedule here, Mac. We alluded to this with the opening part of the schedule. Much more manageable than last year opening with Georgia. You're able to establish yourself. You're able to keep it vanilla. You're probably able to gain more confidence from these opening games. But overall, four ranked teams on the schedule, four preseason ranked teams, which is seems like the most in a long time. You're going to go to at Wake Forest. We'll see what happens with Sam Hartman there. NC State at home, at Notre Dame, and then Miami at home late in the year. The win total is at 10 and a half, 10.5. <laughs> I would have to think that most people are leaning over on this because even with those four ranked teams, especially with the Hartman injury, even though Clemson seems to handle Wake most right. years, it's tough to find two losses mm-hmm. if you're trying to predict it out and assuming health and all right. that. And, and, you know, when I, when I look at those initial rankings and, and just see, okay, who who's still going to be ranked? Is anyone going to be ranked higher when, when Clemson plays them? Mm. I think NC State Miami and Miami. perhaps. Who knows? Yeah, I think NC State and Miami have a real shot to be ranked higher. Um, I don't know if Notre Dame will be ranked when Clemson plays mm. them. It's a good point. I think they're going to get yeah. obliterated by Ohio State. Week one. And then from after that, physically and mentally, how do you move on? Like, how how does Notre Dame respond to that? And I love their head coach, and I, and I think he's going to get them in an unbelievable direction. Number one recruiting class in the country right now. Um, but this year might be a little painful uh, for, for the sure. Gold Domers, the Jordan Cornets over there. Um, and then I see a team like Louisville or Florida <laughs> State. Could they possibly be ranked? When Clemson plays them, so or mm. South Carolina, my goodness, I mean they they might have. I was going to say maybe the Gamecocks. Yeah, but Beamer. If we're just going off preseason yeah. hype, they should probably be yeah. right now. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this schedule obviously adapts and changes when Clemson actually plays people. But yeah, I'm going over. I'm, I mean, I think again, I, I jokingly say it all the time, but I think this is return of the king. I think Clemson's going to be back. I think Clemson will exude their dominance and and will and uh, just be that team that we're used to seeing. Um, one way or the other, uh, whether it's with that crushing defense or if offensively they can get it going through the air. 
Um, so I'm going over, and I, I feel you know really confident about these Tigers. Um, game of the schedule, though, October 1. Can't wait. I mean, for, for all the reasons, um, that's that's the ACC game of the year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame that there are still divisions this one last time because I'd love to see a repeat, whatever the outcome is. I know. I'd love to see a repeat of that game in Charlotte. We deserve that, right. honestly. <laughs> if if State stays healthy, Clemson stays healthy, that we would need that game twice. It's kind of – it could end up being a, like a Clemson-Louisville situation in 2016 where we should right. have seen Clemson-Louisville exactly. again. But we didn't get to see it. And, you know, October 1st, the biggest day. I mean, it could be a Clemson-NC State game. It could be the birth of Baby Mac. We don't know. So stay tuned for that. It could That's be both. Right. It could That's be epic. Right. But that was our Clemson preview. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, so much more to come. We've got Pittsburgh coming on Wednesday. So make sure you tune in for that one as well. Let's go. Big shout out to Coach Sweeney. Thank you for joining us. Ross Taylor for setting it up. And then Ashley Spires coming in, saving the day, getting the upload uh, ready yes. for us. Coach Sweeney, Shout out Ashley. He, he was a little excited. He jumped out too early. We got Ashley there to save the day. But guys, thank you for tuning in. Another great episode of Gramlick and MacLane. If you don't have SiriusXM, what are you doing? Go get the app, download it. You have it in your car, you have it on your phone. But we also need you to go over to YouTube and iTunes. Mm-hmm. I about said iPhones. What are we doing here? Uh, follow our podcast, subscribe to our channel. Would love if you guys left any kind of review or tell us what you want to see on the podcast moving forward. We would always appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.